Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about blogging, podcasting, all the details related, uh, costs, revenue, logistics. But first, uh, let's catch up. Gina, what's new? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we hired a painter to paint our house and just the first floor. Have you ever had someone paint your house after you've moved into the house? No. Yes-ish. Oh my gosh. It is such a pain. Dude, take everything down off the walls. Wait, you uh, told us this already. I want to hear about your kitchen because you sent me a picture of your kitchen and it looks amazing. uh, But I didn't tell you this. The painter was going to come on Wednesday, never came. He said, I'm going to come next Wednesday. Never came. I'm going to come on Thursday. Never came. So he was here all weekend. You know, we have a small house. Everything's (laughs) off the walls, like crammed in the center of the room. He's like this big burly man. I mean, it just, it was so awkward. Anyway, we got out of the house. The, the vast majority of the time, but you know, well, plus so all your stuff was like disheveled for two weeks. Yes, it was a nightmare, and I'm such a neat freak. Oh my gosh, it has uh. been bad. But yes, the the kitchen renovation has been, and, and it wasn't a full reno. We just took out the peninsula and replaced it with an island. But let me tell you, I'll post some before and afters on our Instagram page. Amazing! I can't awesome. believe it took us this long to do this. Yeah, I but mean, that, I, like to me, that was not an intuitive adjustment yeah. to your kitchen. And no, it, so, it you're totally right. works. It does. But our, your space is just a challenging one. But I agree. It opens it up a lot. Yes. Our neighbor came in and thankfully he was just like, hmm, you know what you should do? But at first when he said it, I was like, eh, okay. And then I really started thinking about it. And I said, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And I'm just so glad that my decorator was sort of the impetus for to push me forward because I was kind of wavering because it was expensive. I mean, you would never, I would, I would not have guessed it was going to cost as much as it did. Um, so I was kind of on the fence and then she was just like, no, Gina, you got to do it. So I'm very thankful that she pushed me, um, to, to make that decision. Uh, otherwise, so anyway, I'll put before and afters on our Instagram, uh, Paige finally found out her first grade teacher, which was exciting. We went to a little thing in the park yesterday where everyone got different colored name tags, depending on their first grade slash kindergarten teacher. It's a joined class. And so there's six different teachers and depending on the color, that's who your teacher is. So we had to go around and look for others with green name tags, meaning they had the same teacher as Paige. So she made some new friends, which was, I'm really glad that they did that because then she'll have some familiar faces, at least somewhat familiar on the first day of school. That was fun. And then, yeah, her birthday's coming up and I'm just kind of trying to plan. I have the day off because we don't have, we don't have childcare on that day. So I'm just trying to find a, it's kind of works out. So I'm just trying to find a fun thing to do with her, whether it's a movie or I don't know, a trip to the big mall in town or miniature golf or all of the above. But yeah. Trying to figure that one out. What about you? What's new? Her birthday's then August 19th, 17th, Seven, oh, 17th. Okay. It, it's like the worst because either it's the first day of school or it's the day right before school. It's just, uh, it's not the most convenient day. Yeah. Well, here in Michigan, school does not start at least this year until after Labor Day, which I love. I can't believe that. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So, but I am starting to get organized for the school year today. My big to-do was printing off the academic school calendar and putting in all of the half days, late starts, days off, um, Christmas break, spring break, all the breaks, all the time that I will have to fight alternate childcare. Um, That's always fun. And Mark has been researching away some type of a trip for us, just he and I in November. Ugh. I just, I, I'm just having flashbacks to canceling our last trip, like four times. I don't even know. Um, I, it's, nothing's booked at this point. I think the last I knew we were, we were kind of looking at Punta Cana. Not really sure, oh, but yeah. Um, COVID and who knows what'll happen there. And then the cost, like people are, are traveling like crazy and, or the resorts are just have crazy prices. So we'll have to figure that one all out, but we're hoping to get away just a bit before um, Thanksgiving. And then I am upping my mom game, uh, my mom Mm -hmm. guilt, you know, after that episode, my kid's birthday party. So um, Piper's birthday is first on September 8th, and then Shay is October 6th. So I'm splitting the difference between the two birthdays and we're having a combined kid's birthday party. So it's going to be at a nature center with like a reptile show kind of thing mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Yep. Um, and so that is finalized. We've got the invites out. I did the evites. Um, yeah, I'm like feeling on top of that. And just a quick little um, call to action. If anybody has a bomb chili recipe, either something that they've made or something that they've um, found and recreated, uh, send me your chili. I'm doing my 12th annual chili contest cash prize of $200 so far. Oh, wow. Zero entry. No one entry. That's not true. One entry. Um, but yeah, it does not have to be an original recipe. I just need the source. So email it to Nicole at preventionrd.com or you can um, send it to us over Instagram or whatever. So do that right. if you love chili. Shay's like, we haven't had chili in a long time. I really want some chili. I'm like, yeah, it's like a cold weather food. But um, soon my kids love chili, which I love. Yes. Soon you'll have a ton. Yeah. Sounds soon like you'll have a ton. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before moving on to our topic du jour, uh, just a quick favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So of course, we'd appreciate it so much. Awesome. So Gina, I know we've mentioned it on the show, but you and I first met, I believe it was in 2009. We both at the time were blogging about nutrition and food. Your blog was called Candid RD, mm-hmm. and that's what your Instagram was until not too long ago, right? It was. Everyone yeah. thought it was Candid Road, so I'm like, okay, I'm changing this. Oh, geez. I roll. <laughs> uh, and mine is Prevention RD. And so Gina, you've kind of fully transitioned your talents uh, to podcasting while I do continue to blog. Uh, but I would say di- it's fair to say that dietitians like ourselves have certainly discovered the power of the internet in terms of putting credible nutrition information into the world. Uh, and now that we're over two and a half years into podcasting, we figured it might be a fun time, an appropriate time to talk about blogging, podcasting, past, present, uh, to just give our listeners an in-depth kind of behind the scenes glance at what dietetics can look like through various platforms. So we're going to kind of go through all the deets today. Uh, So I guess first things first, what drew you, Gina, to blogging in the first place? And do you still read any blogs today? Okay, so the answer to your second part of that question is no. I don't, I was was looking at the question and I was like, I literally do not read blogs ever. And even when I was blogging, I'm not going to lie, I hated that the etiquette was that I have to read other people's blogs as well. 
and, you know, leave comments on them. I just, I don't know. I love to write, which is what drew me to blogging in the first place to answer your first question. But, and I do love to read, but I never really loved reading blogs. Although truthfully, I probably had like two that I actually read and yours was one of them. <laughs> yours was one that always made me laugh and, and just kept me reading. Um, so I appreciated that. But yeah, I, I don't read blogs. I do look at recipes. And mm-hmm. generally when I Google a recipe, a blog shows up, not all recipes or any of those, you know, cooking light. It's generally from a blog. But do I read them? No. Uh, so again, why I decided to blog in the first place, again, I love to write. Uh, and I was, I was thinking about it. And when I first applied to colleges, my thought was to go into journalism school. <laughs> but I backed out after I found out I had to take a language. <laughs> It's just so pathetic. But looking back, I'm, I think that I chose the correct career for myself. Um, you know, I think when I, I started my blog when I was in graduate school, and at the time I was just really fed up with all the information that was out there that was just misleading and, ac- and inaccurate. I would say specifically information coming from marketing companies. And I just noticed how they were fooling people into thinking different things that weren't true. Therefore, I thought, I want to be honest and open with the people who are reading my blog. So therefore, I'm going to be the candidate RD and set everyone straight. That was my sort of thought behind that whole um, pen name, if you will. So yeah, what about you? Yeah, I, I loved, well, if truth be told, I was just finishing graduate school. And in 2009, the, you know, the job market was bad. It was, it was the mm-hmm. recession, right? I mm-hmm. couldn't find a job anywhere. Um, we had recently moved from, I had moved from Chicago to Oklahoma. And I think all these people with my, um, address that was still in Illinois, they were like, why is this Illinois girl applying to jobs? Like she has no experience and I had nothing to do. So I was reading like a book a day, legit a book a day. And Mm -hmm. Mark's like, you got to do something else. Like this is, (laughs) this is getting a little crazy here. Um, and so I started blogging. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, what? as you're talking about that, I want to say I started my blog in 2006. Wow, you're an OG. Maybe, or man, now no, I'm now I'm rethinking because I know I was in grad school and I was in grad school from 2006 to 2008. I want to say so it was either six or seven. Anyway, yeah, I guess I am an OG. <laughs> All right, next question. So this past June, Nicole marked 12 years of blogging for you with nearly 2,500 posts. Um, that's an average of over 17 posts per month. What keeps you motivated to continue blogging? I'm dying to hear. (laughs) Um, I think three main things that I won't even say foot on the gas. Sometimes it's like a a putt putt these days. Uh, But number one is definitely loyal readers. Um, I get so few comments like you like you alluded to when we started. There's this just very give and get type of relationship when you're trying to grow any type of a platform where oh, you comment on my stuff or like it, then I'm going to do that to you. And that was the name of the game. And I think you and I both did that for a long time. And then we're like, okay, that's not really authentic to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as I stopped doing that, it was a slow decline in comments and all that. So I'm always amazed at the number of comments I don't receive, which is very few. <laughs> but I'm watching my stats and I'm like, hmm, so you're definitely all out there. Uh, so I would say loyal readers, which... Um, I know many people have been reading for many, many years because they send me emails or Instagram messages, that type of stuff. Um, 
and given that I'm really bad at self-promoting and attracting people through social media, my readership being so consistent year over year has really been helpful to my blog. I would say it also just maintaining the blog keeps me as a person um, engaged in a healthy lifestyle. And very admittedly, I am passionate about food, love food, and am committed now to raising adventurous eaters as much as possible. So the blog's a fun way, I would say, to keep focused on trying new foods and hopefully fostering a love and appreciation for um, many different foods for my kids. And lastly, my blog is a revenue source for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you and I have talked about that's our goal for the podcast eventually, Mm -hmm. and we'll get more to that. But uh, my blog is revenue producing, which is nice. Um, Okay, so Gina, anything, I've always wondered at least how, sorry, this is your question. (laughs) Yeah, the end of of your last answer kind of dove into the next question that I'm truly curious about because you've told me how much you make on the blog. Uh, and I'm just really curious about how in the world the revenue works from your blog. Is it purely from marketing uh, or how, how else do you get money? Yeah. Uh, I, I've definitely dabbled in, you know, some um, influencer type stuff with different companies, but that's actually a lot of work. Um mm-hmm. And I think that there's very skilled people out there who can do it in a way that seems just on brand for them, uh, that isn't just screaming, I'm doing this to make money. I don't think I ever struck that balance perfectly. I had to be very passionate about the company that I was working with. For example, like I had a contract with McCormick Spices for a number, uh, maybe two years. And it was a really, really great contract. Um, and just that, I mean, everybody knows McCormick Spices. That's a household name. Um, how can you not get behind spices and cooking and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, today at least, um, I am down to just ads as far as far as revenue. And the company is called Ad Thrive. I've got the link in the show notes for anyone interested. But they are a t- fairly small team, actually, of expert programmatic uh, advertisers who establish relationships with brands and advertisers so that publishers gain access to premium campaigns. So somebody like myself, especially working a full-time job, I don't have the time, the resources, the knowledge to establish um, you know, my brand with, say, McCormick Spice. Um, I rely on AdThrive to do that for me. So everything is done on what's called an RPM basis. Um, and at one point, I knew what that stood for. Um, but basically, <laughs> it's a set thing per minute. Um, no, I'll I don't look think it up. So. You keep going. Uh, but it's a pay, it's set payment rate per 1,000 page views. So you want a higher RPM because that mm-hmm. means that for each click to your site, you're making the highest amount of revenue. So different ads pay different amounts, and something like a header or a footer that stays, um, that remains when scrolling, for example, will typically have a higher RPM versus an ad that we call below the fold. So below the fold is uh, anything that uh, that shows up after you sc- are scrolling through a page, right? Like the highest paying ads are going to be ones that if you pull up, you know, google.com, whatever you can see on your computer without moving the page is going to be highest paying. Um, okay. Hopefully that makes sense. So AdThrive basically has these, I call them waterfall algorithms that always have the highest paying ad at any given time. So let's just say Hoover Vacuum is um, you know, advertising and then their kind of campaign money for the day is gone and boom, like that ad, that you know, campaign is done. 
that's it it kind of waterfalls to the next highest paying ad at that particular moment. So it's all way over my head, but gets done mm. behind the scenes without me doing anything, which is awesome. So it can change minute by minute. So AdThrive's looking to work with secure sites who are primarily based in the US, Canada, or a few other countries. And those sites need to run Google Analytics and show at least 100,000 page views a month, which equates to about 3,400 page views a day. So needless to say, um, I did not start at those types of volumes through my site. Uh, It took several years of content publication. And like we talked about, kind of this online networking, relationship building kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh, to grow. And but kind of, you know, before I was near that threshold at all. And then AdThrive, they can do this because they take a small percentage of the of the revenue and the rest is paid out um, to kind of whoever the owner is of that site. So right now, Prevention RD is generating somewhere between twelve hundred and fourteen hundred dollars a month. So I've always said it's my daycare money. Now that the kids are going (laughs) into public school, I call it my my um, my Porsche or my BMW fund. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, you're not. So <laughs> RPM is revenue per thousand impressions, which I'm call me dumb, but I don't know where the M comes in there. Isn't it per, like Miele is? It doesn't say that. But isn't I don't know. Oh my gosh, I don't want to start selling like a fool again. But this is going to be a coconut discussion, it isn't it? That. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Miele. If you have no idea what we're talking about. You have to listen to the last episode. <laughs> Oh, Terrible. goodness. Okay. Okay. So well, that makes sense. Hard. So people do not have to click on an ad for you to get the, no. okay. Got Just it. going to the site and uh, viewers know, I mean, we all know what type of ads are the most invasive. And I guess, so to go into a bit more detail, you can opt out of certain ads. Like I don't want sex advertised on my website, right? So right. I can opt out of sex. I can opt out of alcohol, drugs, um, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, other thing. I mean, I can opt out of, I'm not going to have a Noom ad, right? On my site. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. not on brand for me. Um, mm-hmm. So you can very much kind of scale down and, you know, with each of those kind of restrictions, you're, you're certainly potentially limiting your revenue. Uh, but all of that is in place, which is really, really nice. Okay. That's, that is nice. I did have ads on my website for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Uh, but I never had even close to as many hits because I just didn't blog long enough. Mm-hmm. How so? When you say for several years, specifically, how many years did it take for you to be able to to have a contract with someone like that? Yeah. Okay, that's a really good question. So I I don't know why I remember this because I have such a terrible memory, but I can tell you that back in like twenty twelve twenty, let's call it right before children, which Shay was born in fourteen. I my site was getting well over ten thousand hits a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was I would say averaging closer to 12. So the range would have been maybe like 10,000 on like a low day. And maybe I mean, it's certainly gotten over 20,000, 25,000 hits a day if something kind of goes viral on Pinterest. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I would say the average was somewhere between 12, 15,000. And it, it has steady, steadily declined and really plateaued. Um, but interestingly, the RPM kind of goes up year over year because everybody does everything online now. So it, it's yep. all really stabilized. So I haven't seen a huge impact to my revenue, even though my re- my, my hits are down. And it, that's a direct relation to how much time and energy I put into my blog. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, okay, I have this amount of time to commit. And so that's what I'm going to do. And Mark always says, he's a, he's a huge cheerleader for the blog. And he'll say things like, um, if you wanted to grow it or make more money or like make it a, a true thing, 
like a livable wage, you could. It just takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. Um, I don't spend much time at all on my blog. And I guess for me, that's why it's still enjoyable. Mm, yeah, that's fair. You could, but you could, you've never considered quitting your job and doing blogging full time? Considered? Sure. Yeah, Gina, you didn't know that we're going to turn Dietitian's <laughs> Dish into like. <laughs> the next, uh, I don't know what's a huge podcast, the daily. Um, (laughs) um, and then I can blog on the set. I don't know. It's, I, I think it would be, it's enticing. It seems sexy. Right. But I think the reality is I'm somewhat clinical and love people. I mean, wouldn't you think it would be hard to just be at a computer all day? Um, absolutely. That's, that's what my job is essentially. And it's not something that I even enjoy, (laughs) you know, it'd be Um, one thing blogging on my computer all day, but when I'm I shouldn't say all my job, but about, you know, three to four months of the year, that's what it is. And yeah. it's painstakingly awful. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. And social media is fun until there's like, mm, until you're trying to, every day. yeah, un- until you're trying to manipulate people to do what you want, right? Then it, yeah. then it feels, then it's Fake. just, yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Anyway. Okay. All right. So any other logistics to consider more, more from Nicole here about her blog, any other logistics to consider and what, you know, day-to-day operations look like for you since you do work full-time. So when you put work into your blog, when is it, when the heck do you have time and what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do have an independent contractor who manages kind of the guts of my site, including backup, keeping WordPress updated, all of that. She's, she's really like my, um, security blanket. I don't use mm. her a ton and she's very uh she's she's very aggressive and she has like no patience. Like I needed her for something last week and it took her 10 minutes and I felt like saying I have paid you a lot of money and never like I have not touched the computer like contacting you in any way in like 6 months. Could you just be patient with me for 10 minutes here? Um <laughs> like I literally <laughs> almost said that to her. Uh, but I would say um, the total cost for site maintenance, um, j- you know, just logistic wise, site yeah. maintenance, hosting, email listservs, domain registration, mapping, which is basically what sends um, your site from WordPress to a .com. All of my expenses there is about $3,000 a year. Okay. Um, and then we do write off a portion of our groceries, our internet, cell phone, credential, my credentials, so like my RD. Um, and my malpractice insurance when it comes to taxes. So not all of it, but um, about half actually. So that's okay. Um, so they are business expenses. Looking at kind of day to day, I I try to post two to three times per week with one to two um family. I call them family Friday posts a month where I just blab about kids, life, whatever. Um, <sighs> and some for some reason people really like that. I don't know yeah. why. Um, cause I do that in all my posts, but apparently people don't read blogs. So I really, I don't know why I write. I should just put the pictures there and post the recipe. Um, but I would say otherwise <laughs> my posts are very structured. It's blah, 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 two paragraphs, picture, blah, 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 two paragraphs, picture, blah, 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 two paragraphs in a picture. It's very, very structured. So I think mm-hmm. people too, when they go to your site, they want to know what they're going to see. Um, it, they, they just have their expectations kind of set. Um, I do try and incorporate some type of a story where possible. Like I said, the four pictures of the food, um, the recipe with links to similar recipes kind of just below. Uh, but truly like the day-to-day steps are plan the meal or the recipe, prepare and tweak as I go, make notes, whatever, photograph, which is literally done on the floor of my dining room using, mm-hmm. using artificial light or my front porch when weather allows. But I've kind of 
leaned more towards artificial light these days. And then we eat because if it's a meal I'm preparing, it's made at a meal time. Um, mm-hmm. And then Smart. last is, well, you would be surprised, Gina, like a lot of people will like push out six recipes and then like in a day and then just throw it all in the fridge. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Or they'll photograph mm-hmm. it where it's like half baked so that the vegetables still have that bright, beautiful color. And oh, there's brilliant. all kind. Yes, but <laughs> it's, I don't know. I just don't have the time. I don't have the time, right? Like oh, we, sure. It's the, and, and one yeah. of the reasons why Mark likes your blog and is okay with you blogging is he, is he gets a de- delicious meal out of it. And it's generally like two or three new things a week. So that's amazing. Yeah. Although he wishes he's always like, oh, this is really good. Glad we'll never have it again. Right. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> basically. Or he'll say this is really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is really good. We're never going to have it again, are yeah. we? Or he'll say this is terrible. Thank goodness we're never having it again. Right. So it can go either way. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it really can. Uh, post-production is where I edit the photos and kind of create the actual blog posts, which includes and this kind of like how you started your blog. Mm-hmm calculating nutrition information. So Mm. the nutritional content of the recipe, I do it an ingredient at a time. So just word to the caution out there, because there are so many plugins that you can use for recipes that you can just plug in the ingredient list, hit five or six, whatever number of servings you want, and then boom, it'll It'll push out a whole nutrition label. It looks so official. It's wrong. I am telling you it's wrong. I have played with all of them thinking I can make my life easier and do this. No, they're wrong. And so I that irks me to no, I just cannot stand it when they do nutrition information wrong. So my actual blogging time is in the evenings or on the weekends to edit photos. Um, And I I just need decent light or in a flat surface for my laptop. So I can't like do it on the go as easily as I'd like. But So I'm sorry, when you do the nutrition data calculations, mm-hmm. you just do one ingredient at a time. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because I used to use nutritiondata.com and I really loved that. Well, so I do it like in, uh, I, I use, um, oh, I use my plate or no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, Live Strong because okay. I think I really like their food database and they have verified okay. foods. And if it's not verified, I can enter the food ingredient. Uh, but it gives it gives everything there, which I, I like. So I, I manually enter it an ingredient at a time. I don't like add, physically add up everything. I Does see. that make sense? Okay. Yes, that, that's more clear. I'm sorry. I didn't understand what you were saying there. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, just not a plug and chug. Okay. Um, okay. So kind of shifting to podcasting. Gina, mm-hmm. I was so flattered when you approached me about podcasting. So I'm very curious because I don't think I quite know what did give you the idea to start the show? Any inspiration or what was your vision at the very start? Yeah, I honestly didn't start listening to podcasts until the summer of 2018. I'll never forget it. I was, you know, plugging and chugging along on my job, which in the summer is a lot of, of, of basically computer work, kind of mindless work. And I'm just like, okay, I'm done listening to books. I don't want to listen to any music. Oh, what's this thing? A podcast. Okay, I'll check it out. And that summer, I flew through every episode of the Girl Next Door podcast. If you haven't heard it, they're great. And I was not only hooked on them, but I was just hooked on the idea of having a podcast. So I remember I searched frivolously for a podcast about wellness, and I really didn't find anything that talked about all the different angles of wellness from a whole family perspective. Um, I knew I had given up on blogging, but I thought, well... I gave up on blogging. I, you know, I love to write, but I also love to talk. 
and why not a podcast? Uh, so since I didn't see one out there that would kind of fit the genre that I was thinking of, I thought, why not start one of my own? And, you know, I didn't really want to do it by myself because who just wants to hear me talk? Uh, so going back to when I was reading blogs, how much I loved yours, and really you're the only dietitian I've actually kept in touch with since meeting dietitians via blogging, which I didn't, I've only, I have met a few actually, but never have I really kept in touch with any because I know you lived in Columbus and I think that helped. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you were really the first person I thought of. I honestly didn't think you would say yes because I figured you were just so busy with your work and already having a very successful blog. I figured there's no way you'd say yes. I thought I'd ask and, uh, and you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think also, I, for me, and I've said this on here before, in my job, I don't do a lot of talking. I don't do a lot of education. And I really miss that. And I just kind of thought that podcasting would fill the void. And it has. It definitely has. And it keeps me learning. Every time we have a new topic, I have to research it. And it just keeps my brain working and it keeps me learning about different areas of nutrition that maybe I wouldn't have thought about otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious. What did you, what were you drawn to in the girls Girl Next Door podcast? Just them. They, I just really, they're two women. They've, they've each got, you know, young kids like we do. And I can't even tell you what it is. Their, their podcast isn't even about anything specific. They're very smart. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just like to hear them talk. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. There's nothing specific. I just, I can't even tell you because mm -hmm. again, I think I've told, have you listened to their podcast before? Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah. It's there's It's always very random. The things that they talk about, but I also have a, a little bit in common with both of them, uh, which I appreciate. So it's not like I lean towards what I mean. I, I actually, I shouldn't say that I have a lot in common with both of them. They are two very different people, but I feel like each of them is half of me. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I appreciate that about them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So kind of similar to blogging, podcasting is an expense long before it's revenue generating or even break even. So unfortunately, yes, we're still in the growth process with our show. And the pandemic certainly did not help as we deduce uh, commuters experienced a rapid decline in podcast listening. So can you share just some uh, some details for listeners on kind of costs associated with our show, any equipment we found most successful in creating quality audio uh, when recording remotely, which we do, you from Columbus and me from Michigan, and anything else worth adding. Sure. And I think that was actually the, the most difficult part of setting up our podcast at first was the fact that we are remote. All the other podcasts that I listened to, I'm like, well, how do they do it? Well, they're together. Um, so, but anyway, that was just one hurdle. I'd say right now our biggest cost is our editing, uh, which really isn't that expensive, but it is our biggest cost. We really don't have time or I should say the brains to edit our show. I know I don't. Um, so we do pay someone, his name is Brian, $50 an episode to do it for us, which in the end, now that we're doing four episodes a month, ends up being about $100 a month. Um, after that, we're paying for our website. No, hosting. $200 a month. I'm sorry, you're right. It's $200 a month total, okay. $100 a month. You're very right. <laughs> $100 for each of us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but just like you said, for your, for your blog, same things, paying for our website, hosting, our domain, and that. So in total, it comes out to about $270 per month, which is 135 ish for each of us. Is that correct? Are you? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I would say aside from those static costs, I know I had to invest about, actually it was more like $1,300. And so I, I bought a computer. It was crap. I, I sold it for maybe half the price, but it, the computer itself cost like $350. It was, it was a dumb choice. Bought a second computer, which I was able to return after I realized it was also not good enough. Finally, I invested in actually a good, decent computer. I kept thinking to myself, I'm just using it for podcasting. I really don't want to spend a bunch of money on something that we're already putting money into. But I finally invested. Actually, it was more like $1,000 into this new computer, which I will say was worth every penny. Mainly, my first two computers didn't have enough gigabytes of storage. Uh, You do need, I found out, five to preferably more closer to 10 gigabytes of storage. Actually, one, and I just learned this, one hour of recording takes up one gigabyte. And you need more free storage kind of in the background for other things that you have no idea that your computer is even doing while you're podcasting. Therefore, you need at least five gigabytes of storage, preferably more in order to actually have a podcast. And I, that's what I didn't really understand. I didn't really understand the whole storage thing and how that would affect podcasting. And I still don't completely get it, but I will say since getting significantly more storage. It has made all the difference. Also, we switched to WoW. (laughs) If you're in Columbus, I will say WoW was much better than Time Warner or whatever it is, Spectrum now. Uh, We've been much happier with WoW because I think at first also our internet connection was really terrible here for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, So switching to WoW has really made a difference. Uh, Let's see. So kind of going back to the space, without that extra space, you will notice that your computer is just slower and it does affect the recording process. Don't ask me how or what the mechanism is there, but it does affect it. We also had to invest in microphones, which were actually, I think they were what, like $30 each, maybe. They weren't that expensive, maybe $50. Yeah, they weren't terrible. And they're nice. And then an ethernet cord, which was negligible, maybe 10 or $15. Is there anything I'm missing, Nicole? Hmm. Um. I mean, I, I guess just other little stuff. Like we have a, um, a Canva account, Canva, Canva to do like our social media tiles. So that's a small expense. Um, and oh, I pay for Dropbox, like the huge, I don't know, like what is the big, big amount, like a terabyte? I I don't even know. Like I have the biggest (laughs) (laughs) Dropbox because between DSLR sized images of, I mean, when I photograph something, I'm taking probably a hundred pictures. And scaling it down to four. And then, like you said, our episodes are huge. And I'm the one who does the downloading of the episodes and then the transfer (laughs) to our editor. So Mm -hmm. all like my computer will fill lickety split. Like I got to like off haul stuff all the time because yeah, yeah, otherwise, like you said, you know, we'd get like halfway through a show and um, it'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, my goodness. It's important. Yeah. We're we're not real techie people either. So no, is that, definitely that's not. Fair, right? Not oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. It took us three editors to try to, or to, people to finally figure out what the heck we were doing, truthfully. But we weren't talking to the right people beforehand, that's for sure. That's, yeah. Brian is bomb diggity. He's the best. Yeah. And if anyone wants Brian's information, I'm, I, we will make sure that he's okay for us giving out his information, but I'm sure he's always looking for new things to do and podcasts to edit and uh, just reach out to us and we can ask him if it's okay. Yeah. He's yeah, he's the best. Um, okay, so we set up uh, and kind of like an hour ish planning time to plan future episodes just twice a year, and so we plan six months at a time. 
Mm-hmm. And we recently decided to add a fourth episode each month. And I know that's a huge stretch for you in terms of time and scheduling, Gina. Mm. But what would you say is the most challenging aspect of podcasting now that we're two and a half years in? Yeah. Well, the most challenging part is right here, right now. I mean, I I think I, I, I mentioned this in our you know mom guilt episode, but the nighttime is my time to be with my kids. And when once a week I have to come down here and podcast instead of putting them to sleep, Mm-hmm. I do feel guilty and bad about that. And not just for my kids, but for my for my husband as well. Yeah. After he had a long day. And my kids are not the easiest to put to get to bed, especially this season of our lives. They're both just going through a stage, if you will. <laughs> just to put it um I don't know, in, in layman's terms, I guess. I we can go into more detail about that in a in a future show. I've sort of alluded to that. But anyway, off the point. Um I would say also just coming up with new content has gotten more difficult after two and a half years. Also making time to create the tiles and create the website page. Not that it's hard. It's actually really easy, but you have more of the creativity. Sometimes I'm like, why am I even making this tile? And then I'll just send it to you and say, what do you think? And then you give me your feedback, which I appreciate. Uh, The hardest thing I would say is just really listening back to the podcast because I'm just really critical of myself. And first of all, no one likes their voice on any recording, but I've gotten used to it, I guess. Um, but I'm just really critical about myself in general. Certain things I'll say, I'm like, why did I say that? Or or even the opposite where I'll say something, we'll be talking about a specific topic and I'll think, why didn't I talk about this? You know, this would have been so good to talk about, you know? And, but that's, that's fine. I'm getting used to that at, at this point, listening to myself and being critical. It's really just the time I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for recording is the, is the toughest thing. What about you? Yeah. I mean, coordinating schedules and we were chit-chatting before we hit record today and we're like, do evenings still work? Should we consider weekends? Like we're just mm. kind of, it's hard. I mean, we're both really busy people and it, yeah, we're, we're really balancing like eight different schedules here um, yeah. to find like yeah. the time, right? And that's hard. Um, it is. It is hard. I think it's almost one of those things, like a morning workout for me where I'm like, oh, I got a podcast tonight. But then obviously I, I love you and talking about nutrition and I love her. I, like, it's always fun. Right. Um, but yeah, you always have FOMO about whatever it is that you're missing kids or <laughs> right. whatever else. Exactly. I don't know. All right. Next question. So we're very different people <laughs> with different strengths, as we've talked about in, in previous episodes. Which strengths do we each bring to the show? And I'm actually going to go ahead and start. I'll start with you. I I feel like you're the creative one. I know I have some creativity, but overall, especially because you have the experience of having a blog for so long, you're really good as far as creative photos. And you just, you take a ton of photos and you know how to put them into a nice tile on Canva, which I appreciate. Uh, also, your knowledge of social media do's and don'ts, which I think go back to having a blog as well. I think you just have more uh, knowledge in that area of just, you know, ways to make your social media posts more interesting and I don't know, clickable. Also, I would say your determination to get stuff done and just do it even when, when there's a time crunch, which I, I, I think I'm like that too. Uh, but I think you maybe even more so, which believe it or not, I'm which is shocking. Cause I, I'm always someone who will just like, okay, let's do it. Let's get it done maybe you just have more perseverance in this area. And actually you said this to me once, you said that you treat this like a business. And if you treat it like a business, you have to give it time to grow. No business, it makes, you know, does a great job at the beginning. It usually takes years for it to thrive. So I think when I start to get frustrated, you know, 
No one's listening, which isn't true. But I think with COVID, it kind of it was a struggle for us, as I'm sure it was a struggle for a lot of podcasters. Instead of just giving up, you were like, Gina, this is a business. We got to keep going. And I, I appreciated that so much. It was just good words of wisdom. I also like that with you and I, we just bring two different perspectives on a lot of the topics we discussed generally. I mean, we either, a lot of times we agree, but then when we don't agree, it's not like we're arguing, we're just having a conversation. And I appreciate that. Uh, I also think it's really nice having you on because we come from two entirely different areas of dietetics. So you and more of the clinical space, me and more of the food service slash community space, uh, which I think is is helpful for our listeners and uh, just to have a, a good podcast, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are very different. You, I'm kind of like fly the by the seat of my pants. And I, I will say the show has only been successful because of your strength with organization. You are like, you had a template for our show. I, I think before you even like approached me about the show, like, I don't know, but you are. Did. I, but that it is such a character flaw that that would never occur to me to do. Like, I mean, I would <laughs> get to episode like 30 no. and I'd be like, I think I need to put some structure on this. Like, you just knew that that's what you do. <laughs> I know, that sounds I, so silly, but you're you're just very structured and you're organized yeah. and you've got a tab. You've got, I mean, even, I mean, we have everything down to like a science. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Who's paying for what? Who's doing what? Like, everything is divide and conquer. Um, and I love that it's your organization that brings structure to the show. And without that, there's no way we'd be two and a half years into this. Um, (laughs) you're very timely. There's never like, I would not be able to deal with like a flaky partner or any, you know, like that is you are committed to the show and you're timely and yes, organized and you're just the glue of the show for sure. There is, I mean, when we do our, um, planning sessions, you're, you've got like your paper calendar, your computer, <laughs> and like your FaceTime going all at once. And you're like, like you're updating everything at once. And I'm just sitting there like, um, yeah, I think this would be a fun topic. And like, I'm just all over the place. And you're like, like focus. Um, and you say, I think you are actually far more creative than I. Um, you have a gift for coming up with ideas that are I, I don't like mm, uh, I don't know on trend is but like timely right like mm-hmm. um whether it's a back to school or you're just forward thinking I, when you're as disheveled as I like you're always like oh that would have been fun to do like a Thanksgiving post and it's like December right and you're like oh next year next year and next year comes and goes and never gets done like you're you're able to yep plan and execute in a way that makes the show um oh grow and thrive so i'm blushing over here oh bomb well let me tell you partner i okay exactly i I completely agree i will just be walking on campus and think of an idea and just write it down on my phone Mm -hmm. do you do that too i'll just like be thinking of something random i don't know oh that would be a good episode or i'll have a dream or i'll just be laying in bed or reading a book or i don't know they just come to me and here's the difference between you and i you put it in a place where you can find it I put it in a text to you that is probably buried under the next 1300 texts and I'm never going to find it again. That's the difference between you and I. Oh my gosh, that's great. But I'm like, oh, I remember this one time I had these three great ideas and you're like, well, what were they? And I'm like, I don't know. That was like a month ago. (laughs) I'm so... (laughs) 
I'll just start writing down all your texts. How about that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So we've talked about goals for the show, but perhaps not on air. Where would you like to see our show in, let's say, a year? And what do you think will help us get there? I'll chime in too, but you go first, Nicole. Yeah, I think growth. Just so listen, you know, listenership rise rising every month, even if it's just a teensy leensy little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the biggest contributor to our success is our current listeners, either, um, it, you know, leaving a review or sharing our show with others. At this point, we've kind of accumulated all of our local listeners and those who've been attracted from the blog. Um, so yeah, our growth from here is truly organic and that's where it gets challenging, right? So I would say unlike blogs and Pinterest, growing a podcast is a bit more challenging, especially if your content isn't like quite as sexy as murder mysteries or, you know, sex itself. Um, <laughs> that was a, you know, a, a, a well-listened to episode with uh, Jose. Um, but I, I think uh, we could also define our style and messaging on social media a bit better. Um self note to self, um, mm-hmm. you know, mostly on Instagram there, but it's, you know, that's not my strength. I know you think it is potentially, but I would say it's not. Uh, but yeah, overall just grow, even if it's slowly, yeah. it's, I want to do that in a way that's just authentic to us. I don't want to sell out and, and, you know, do anything that is not just true to who we are as people and podcasters. Right. Dietitians, moms, whatever it is. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. want to just put out content because it's buzzy and is going to attract listeners. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And I think I would add that to my list of things that have been tough for me with the podcast is simply like having time to post things on social media. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I try not to be on my phone a whole lot, especially when I'm at home. And that's the best time that I would post things. We We sort of have a rule that between 5 and 8 p.m. we don't use our phones, which has been really tough for me. But if I'm then also posting on social media for the podcast, it just gets really muddied real fast. Um, so anyway, I, that is, it is something that I like to work at simply when we do have a social media post, just making it great. Or so what it's quantity over, or I guess quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with everything that you just said. I think just having a little bit of growth I don't necessarily have a specific number in mind, but just seeing growth rather than uh, decreases in listenership, I guess, which is kind of what we saw a little bit during COVID. Uh, So just seeing, you know, a little bit of growth every single month, every single year, if we even make it that long, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would like for it to keep going that long. So I think it's just disheartening when you don't see growth. And, and, And again, nothing specific, but when you put all this work into a podcast, and you go to look at your stats and it's just the same number every day and every day, that can be really, really difficult. So to keep me motivated to continue, yes, I would like to see growth continuing every month. Uh, So far, so good. Just one thing to add real quick. I guess if you're listening to the show and you care enough and you're like, oh, these poor women, they're just complaining. We're not complaining. Like if you have feedback, um, Uh, please, if you have a suggested, you know, topic for the show, yeah, I mean, we want to hear that. I'm not saying we'll do it, but there's a good chance we might. Um, if it, mm-hmm. again, if it seems on you know on brand for us and kind of who who we are and in, in the show, which if you're mm-hmm. listening, you probably get that. So anyway, if you do have any um, advice or ideas for us, please send them on over. Yeah, agreed. All right, Mom wins favorite new products or recipes. Super lame, uh, plain Greek mm-hmm. yogurt, but I've made. I'm really into chia berry jam. Um, so okay. it's a homemade. 
uh, three or four cups, doesn't really matter, of frozen fresh berries uh, with a quarter cup of honey and just a bit of lemon juice. Simmer, simmer, simmer. Stir in some chia seeds. Simmer another five minutes. Boom, throw it in the fridge. And so really low sugar, um, delicious. You're getting in your omega-3s. I just like to throw that on top and add of my yogurt and then add some granola and a little bit of fresh fruit. And that has been my been very delightful in the summer. I don't know. That sounds so good, actually. Simmer, simmer, simmer at the beginning for how long do you think? Before the three minutes? Um, like bring it to a simmer for like five-ish minutes. I posted okay. a recipe to the show notes oh. too. I have done it successfully with uh strawberries and blueberries. Okay. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm sort of preparing. We have an episode coming up about pressure cooker and slow cooker recipes that we love. And so I've been trying a lot of new ones. I tried this taco pasta which is just what it sounds like. So ground beef, which you could use vegetarian beef if you wanted or even chicken, but I think, or ground turkey if you'd like. Uh, Pasta, water, taco seasoning, rotel, tomatoes, and black olives and cheese. So good. My only mistake was that I used the rotel, which I didn't realize it doesn't come in different levels of spice. Mm. So it's just Rotel, you get what you get, which is good, but it does have a little bit of a spice to it. And of course the the kids notice that, which they don't hate spice, but it does usually mean that they'll eat less because they get really thirsty. And then they're like, <laughs> they like it, but it's just like too much, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll keep giving them spicy food. I don't want to just stop. But in that case, they probably would have eaten more if it wasn't so spicy because it did have quite a kick to it. So next time I'll just buy a can of tomatoes with, you know, it has the word mild on it, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was, it was still very, very good. And and Nick liked it as well. And that's from taste of home. I'll put the link in our show notes. All right. Uh, We don't have any reviews to read, do we? No, that's all right. (laughs) So coming up on August 22nd, we will be dishing up our second episode in our self care series all on meeting our most basic needs. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdish.com. Please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, Nicole, I'm going to go watch the finale of The Bachelorette. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> Thanks. You're so funny. Talk about that next time. Is Nick going to watch with you? Yeah, I'll probably force him to, yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, you have fun with it. I'll talk to you right, soon, Gita. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>